0: Some kind of way out of here. Welcome to the Training Camp Report. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson and Mike Pursuta. We've got a little theme to the songs uh, being played <laughs> today, but we're not going to tell anybody wh- what it is. Maybe but we'll divulge it later. You're going to yeah. have to stay tuned for the second hour to find out exactly what the theme is to the songs. Uh, Listen to, the to three songs. or
1: four of them, and then maybe we'll let the cat out of the bag.
0: Yeah, let us know on Twitter if you think that uh, you have an idea of what that might be. You can uh, tweet me at... Uh, I don't even know what my Twitter handle is. You don't what am know I your saying? Twitter handle? I I don't pay attention to that stuff. I really don't. <laughs> I think Matt, it's D Lolly <laughs> I believe that's correct, but uh, don't quote me on that one. Wow. Um You could find it on, on. Learn new things about you every day. I it's like no, your own phone number. I do know, I my, know own my phone, phone number. number. It right. is at D Lolly you know underscore address? Pgh. If you think you know what the theme of these songs are, um, we'll yeah, find one, out. One hint so far. That was the first hint. All along the watchtower was the first hint. Jimmy. Yes. We talked about Jimmy earlier this week, did we not? As we discussed.
2: Yes. Sometimes you can listen to Jimmy, but you can't hear Jimmy. You can't hear?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mike, some uh, good news coming out of Steelers training camp today. It looks like uh, rookie uh, offensive lineman Kevin Dotson and uh, and also uh, tight end... um, Dax raymond, dax raymond are okay not, yeah, not like okay okay not back on the field practicing okay today but certainly not, not out for the year
1: out for the not, year not bad okay. yeah, yeah.
0: When, when you hear uh, more short short
2: term than long term out of the head coach that's certainly good news and uh i can't uh recall if i saw raymond during the warm-up period that i'm allowed to comment on but uh <laughs> Dyson was, uh, you know, standing there and walking around and appeared to be relatively undamaged. That's great news for him. Cause that, you know, uh, I'll tell you what guys, I don't know that there's been a player. Uh, there hasn't been a fourth round pick so
0: hyped up. Right. As this that had fan, no chance. Masher, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> that had no chance because of circumstances. I mean, this guy's definitely a back burner guy, a down the road guy, but people are fascinated with him. And, you know, I guess for good reason, I mean, uh, One of those guys that I think we talked about this during one of the 78 draft shows we did either before, during, (laughs) or after, but you know, they had, they had a real good tackle down there at Louisiana and that guy ended up getting drafted pretty high. And I think we all knew that this kid was a player during the
1: season. And I just forgot about him. And I think a lot of people did to be very honest when the Steelers took him or when we got news, I kind of had to do a double check. I'm like, I know that name. But who is that again? Because he was wasn't the combine. He wasn't. He you know, wasn't fresh on my noodle.
0: Right. I mean, it, probably. You know, well, I, I think maybe we're overlooking the. Uh Certainly, the the uh, Devlin Hodges train that got rolling last year during training yeah, camp. Got but, rolling, yeah. You know, I I think Steeler fans just pick a pick a guy at some point in the offseason, and that's their guy, and they're going to stick with him. And Dotson, for many people, was that guy this year. Big physical, you know. Oh, he big a masher fan, in the run right, game. Yeah. Well, the Steelers had trouble running the football last year, so plug yeah. this guy in, yeah, right? Well, maybe a year from now. Yeah, maybe that happens a year from now. But it wasn't going to happen this year. But certainly, good news for him that he is not done for the year he'll he'll be getting more opportunities to practice it's going to uh obviously slow him down a little bit with his uh acclimation process in in terms of this uh mike uh, mike tomlin slowed things down a little bit today two days in pads and then today just in shells just in shells today and uh you know if
2: you're not gonna actually play football then you just play a little pitch and catch right so they used uh, their time uh presumably wisely uh we saw a lot of 2 minute work we saw a lot of no huddle work we saw a lot of one on one stuff uh outside linebackers covering uh running backs and tight ends and I- I'll tell you what maybe uh
0: so it was like watching a Big I- I- 12 game <laughs> it was but I- nobody I- I was, was being tackled and they were all running free that was- <laughs> I- well they weren't all running free though that
2: there was some defense played even and you know, if people need to reacclimate themselves to what goes on in those situations, it's advantage offense because right. you know this is the re- this oh, is the yeah. revenge for the running backs and the tight ends who have to take on these guys in backs on backers. Now they get to run around and there is no pass rush, so you know, <laughs> hey, you need five six seconds to get open. We got the time. Yeah. Go no ahead. pass rush and no help. Up. A lot of space to operate. Yeah, there,
3: yeah. Uh, but there were these- a lot
2: of a uh, lot of good coverage uh, plays were made. Uh, you know, the offense won the drill, according to the handy-dandy uh, daily pool practice report, which is the word of God as far as we're concerned, even though we're not really sure who's compiling it on a day-to-day basis. But this is what they put down on paper, so this is what we're allowed to talk about. Uh, some plays made and uh, on both sides. And, uh, you know, when there's no rush and you're an experienced guy running routes and catching passes, uh, Eric Ebron's name showed up on the handy-dandy Daily practice pull report. And uh, I think whoever compiled the handy-dandy daily practice pull report got that part
0: right. Okay. Good. Yeah, it's good news. Uh, obviously, the Steelers need him. And he, uh, by the way, was back today. He took yesterday uh, – was off yesterday. Uh, he was one of several guys who were back today. Uh, James Washington participated today in a limited fashion. Um, David Castro still out uh, obviously, we talked about uh, Dotson and Raymond. Chris Wormley, also a uh, uh, partial participant today. And uh, Alville and back today as well. Uh, you starting to get worried at, at all, Mike? Well, about- but you you blew off the most important part. What's that?
2: David DeCastro was still wearing black socks, black shorts, <laughs> Correct. a black T-shirt, and a black hat. I don't know if they made note of that on the handy-dandy Daily practice pool report. Not today, they
0: didn't. But yesterday, they I, did.
2: I saw it on the uh, you know the pre-practice video that was streamed on Steelers.com and YouTube and Twitter and you know all kind of places. I, I
0: did notice he had the right sock on his obviously his right leg was pulled up above the calf, and that typically says that there's something wrong with the calf. I'm wondering if this is a, a right calf injury of some type, and I did see him stretching that calf muscle out a little bit. Uh, at one point during the uh, the whole thing, so I, I just wonder if that's what this issue is right now, and they're just being extra cautious with uh, with their Pro Bowl uh, right guard.
2: I would suspect, uh, you know, D- Dave DeCastro certainly three days off in a row. It's not Veterans Day off. Veterans Day off. He Veterans he day hates
0: off. to take a day off ever. I mean, if you it's remember, style, huh? even like last year, they had to basically tell him, "Hey, Dave, you're taking a day off. Uh, we're giving some other guys the day off. You're taking the day off as well."
2: But you also recall, I'm sure, that uh, we had a recent Zoom with David DiCastro and uh, the no preseason games thing came up, and uh, I'm going to paraphrase him here. He's, oh, heck no, we don't need any of those. We're, <laughs> no, we're veteran no, no, enough. I'm fine without them. Don't worry. I think that guy can uh, probably be more, right. or less, more or less fall out of bed and play. Yeah, I think he's he'll, not be,
0: gonna, he'll be just fine. Um, he's not going to
2: forget the plays. He's not going to forget how to block. He always keeps himself in pretty good shape. He looks fine, other than the fact that he's not doing any football activities. But uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not too concerned about that just yet.
0: Mike, uh, one guy that we talked to today who I'm sure absolutely would want some preseason games is Danny Smith. And uh, he was asked a lot about that. <laughs> like, hey, uh, Danny, how are you, uh, you assessing these guys without any mm-hmm. preseason games with which to do so? Uh, it's going to be quite <laughs> interesting for him. Good question was probably his response right (laughs) now. uh, He talked about it
2: uh, being global, as Mike Tomlin always does, and he talked about it being a problem, but he said he expects it to be solved. He said that uh, he does not expect uh, special teams play in September to resemble uh, a grade school recess. Well, he may not expect it, it, but we
0: certainly do. (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah, I'm going to disagree with him on that, but he said, you know, I'm paraphrasing again, it's his job to figure it out. They intend to figure it out mike tomlin asked him the same thing more or less afterward and he went back to the global uh assessment that you know it's everybody's problem so it's fair and uh, he said that uh, he thinks they'll get it figured out as well but he also said that doesn't mean there's not a lot of anxiety uh right now on the part of coaches all over the place leading up to september because uh I'll I'll tell you what; those kicking and punting plays and the returns and all that stuff. I think it's going to be, I guess, adventurous would be a kind way to put it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, when I talked, when I asked Danny about that uh, particular thing, he said, "Look, uh, yesterday, it's funny you mentioned that. Yesterday in practice, um, you know, there were three blocks in the back when we were working on return stuff, and I pointed that out to the guys in the meeting today. If they're blocking in the back and you know, in in a practice type setting, um, you know, fixing those things isn't." Necessarily, the easiest thing when all of a sudden guys are running down at full speed, and you know it's like charging the beach at Normandy, sure, sure. Uh, without the you know death and mayhem. But there's lots of <laughs> all you, that, know, yeah. you know, the rest of it's there. I mean, you're you're talking about doing things, uh, you know, under essentially on the fly and expecting guys to uh, you know stay and remember everything that they've been coached to do, and not block in the back, not hold, not uh, do all the things that are bad that will you know get you sent to the the teacher's office the principal's office um it's going to be a work in progress i'm i'm thoroughly convinced of that yeah i'm not uh you know certainly lou holtz
2: wouldn't discount your normandy reference uh i think (laughs) when when you talk about correcting these guys uh matt help me out here you've been around this stuff a long long time what do you think is a more effective correction tool if you do something in practice and the coach says don't do that or if you do it in a stadium with the lights on and an actual penalty is marked off, and then you get reamed out when you come to the sideline. <laughs> right. Uh, and then in, again in game, the next what, day
0: when you're looking at film.
2: Yeah. Whether <laughs> the game counts or not, what do you think is going to get uh,
1: somebody's attention that, uh, hey, maybe i got to clean this up? Yeah, we had a good conversation with Labs about that a little bit earlier today, and it kind of dawned on me as Labs was talking that, of course, you're not going to get the preseason game, but you're also not going to get all that valuable tape to embarrass people in front of their peers and show that that's, uh, that's a boo-boo. You know, I mean, that that's no good. And that's valuable teaching supply there. I mean, all those bad tapes or all those bad plays on tape that you can use to show everybody what he, what not to do isn't available to these guys either. And w- with Danny Smith, unlike, you know, some teams it's not this, this fortunate, but unlike the Steelers' offense and defense, those coordinators, those coaches have at least seen – these people do their job in a Steeler uniform, where Danny, even a guy like Watt, who's an accomplished special teamer, he's going to go into game one with five, six, seven, eight guys that are going to be on some version of special team that he's never seen in a live game with a Steeler uniform on?
2: Yeah, you bring up an interesting point, and even uh, I uh, I feel like I should have asked somebody this question already, but I haven't. Uh, Based on this, you know, Improvised camp? Are, are they just going home after practice, or are they hanging around at night and still doing the meetings like they do at St. Vincent, where you know you get together and watch uh, the day's practice film and go over that? I don't, I don't know if they're even doing that. Has that been legislated out? In, I'm in assuming,
0: the... Mike, that since Danny Smith said today that he saw that on film last night after practice and then pointed it out in the meeting today, that they are not. That they are going home each night. They're not they're not spending you know, that's that's one of the reasons why I think Mike Tomlin likes training camp so much, being up at St. Vincent College so much. He's got their undivided attention. (laughs) Right. You might go for a snack or whatever, but you're coming back down. You're on your own from like nine to eleven, but from you know, six AM to nine PM, you're on company time when you're you're up there. Yeah. Yeah. They know where you're at. And so you know, you can have meetings while you're having a snack and Mm -hmm. those kind of things. And I think in this situation, I think that's all been legislated out of this by the uh, NFLPA. Yeah, as a
2: as a safety measure, you know, get them get them home and, and get them away from one another. And I I, I get that, but that you know, another curveball in the dirt that they're going to have to swing at at least uh, hit the right field and move the runner over.
1: And you'd much rather do it right after practice while it's fresh too. You know, I remember what my mindset was running down on that kickoff or that punt or why I decided to field it or not or whatever. And I'm sure they talk about it the next morning, but it's not quite as effective.
0: Yeah, I I think another thing, I mean certain guys may be tuned out in that situation and, and again you're mm-hmm. when when Matt's talking about watching it on the game film, you know, you're watching that game film as a group and if you if somebody sure. gets called out I don't in, want to be in the guy. group or you're sitting there next to him going, "Man, I don't want to be that. I'm, what what did he do wrong? <laughs> okay, I won't do that." Right, I'll pay you attention, know? right. <laughs> I think another factor in all this is I believe in
2: addition to all the anxiety and and uncertainty and and volatility on special teams, I think early in the season, there are going to be teams that think they have it figured out and they're going to try to pull a fast one. Oh, no doubt. Maybe maybe count on the other team not having gone over enough times or maybe not as not being as on its details as as it should have been. You, You know, I'm talking about maybe, Uh, Somebody lines up in in long field goal formation and and shifts into punt formation real quickly, and and they'll try to pin you deep because you don't have a return guy back. Are you able to adjust on the fly and uh, get into the right formation and at least get the ball out near the 20-yard line? Things of that nature. Uh, You know, a little subtle. uh, Again, I'll I'll stick with the curveball analogy because, hey, I'm from Philly, and I saw Steve Carlton throw a lot of sliders and curves (laughs) in the dirt and make guys look bad. But uh, I I think there's going to be a little – Let's see if these guys can handle this and uh, go from there.
1: Yeah, I think you're 100% right. And I was thinking about that earlier, too. We had some Claypool talk, and if he's a gunner, what's the chances he catches a pass or two this year on, in, in punt
0: formation? Oh, can you imagine him being a gunner? Right. I mean, holy mac, <laughs> You're lining up opposite that going, okay. Great. What's going on with this?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I guess to answer your question, Matt, are they going to have a punter that can throw it? Or an up guy, you know, a
1: personal <laughs> or protector. Or it'll, it'll have
2: to be the up back, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, hey, uh, don't discount the fact that the uh, they play the Giants in week one, and where did Joe Judge uh, right his teeth? Special, special, special team teams. Special yep. Yeah. So I think that's going to be uh, near and dear to his heart. Do you hear the funny yeah. business Joe
1: Judge has been up to up there? To, to the he's last got, the, he's got
0: their guys running.
1: Coaches, if, too. Co-
0: players and coaches running laps if they make a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing he doesn't do that with the media, because I've seen that Boston <laughs> media, and they would not survive. It would be a little, a little rough on the hearts. It would be a little yeah. rough, yeah, absolutely. But uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, he is uh, Matt Williamson. That's Mike Persuda I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more of uh, what happened at today's practice right after this. Welcome back to the training camp report. I'm Dale Lally here with uh, Matt Williamson and Mike Pursuta. Young West asking me as, as we come in, do you know who wrote this originally? I'm like, uh, the Kinks, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting something like I pretty. I know the Kinks. I did, it, did it I didn't know somebody, that. I'm know, like, right, did right. somebody else write it for the Kinks? I don't know. Forget. I Wes noticed. is a
4: little younger than. He's us. a little, like everybody knows.
5: That really <laughs> got
0: me as a Kinks song. Yeah, I know.
5: Yeah, I, I have to remember sometimes that some of the music things that I think cool is cool. Like in my 20s, still. I mean, for you guys, it's. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I bought you, album, You've been. You've been I bought this album
0: while. when it came out. For God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? Come You'll on. You'll probably listen to the Kings version too. in your 8-track. I, <laughs> I waited
5: in line, actually, to buy this out. I
0: actually, my first car had an 8-track player in it. Did it really? Yeah. Wow. No, it was an older car, but right, it had, right, had right, an 8-track right. player. Mike, did you ever have a car with an 8-track player in it? I did not. Wow. Did you ever own 8-tracks? I did not, no. Really? Because you're older than me.
2: I was I, a I cassette bought, guy.
0: I bought my first stereo when I was a kid, and I was I, I saved up money from my paper route. And I was either going to buy a motorcycle mm. or a stereo. Um, we then my family then moved, and my mom talked me into buying the stereo instead of the motorcycle because where we were moving to. I would not Smart have been able woman. to ride the motorcycle. Ah, not so motorcycle friendly. Yeah, it was not motorcycle friendly, but it was stereo friendly. And so I bought a stereo. It had the it had a cassette deck in it, but it also had an eight track and the, uh, the you could play records on it. It was wow. quite the quite the hi fi system back in the day. I was I think I had like yeah, a okay. dozen or fifteen tapes.
1: And then my uncle's like these new things called CDs. Don't you,
0: just oh, go those, all in. Those didn't come around uh, to I all say like, that's you know, how young I. Am. That was like college stuff, then. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, what are these things? Yeah. So, yeah. Meaty B, Big and
1: Bouncy was my first
2: CD. Oh. Well, How about that? CD's very late in the game for me, but I was I was into the stereo early, probably junior high. You know, spent a little money on a, a decent system. But, uh, man, that, that old school David Lee Van Halen, that stuff is like the Packers sweep. You get a seal here <laughs> and a seal here, and you run it up the alley.
0: Man, that did- awesome. That is smash-mouth rock and roll, man. <laughs> Mike, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, a full participant today, and uh, we talked to Ryan Switzer after practice. He threw a touchdown pass, reportedly here, according to the training camp or the Ryan practice did. report. Uh, threw a uh, threw a uh, touchdown pass to Ryan Switzer to finish okay. off the uh, the two-minute drill.
2: Yeah, and Switzer had a nice catch prior to that, according to the uh, handy-dandy daily podcast. Uh, Practice pool report, although I'm going to correct said pool report. Uh It was a six yard pass, not a three yard pass, and it was with three seconds left on the clock. Okay. Ah. But uh, a nice drive, and uh, Switzer ended up on the practice report yesterday with a touchdown catch. And, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin was asked about him. A lot of times, it it cracks me up. You you go online, sometimes you look at some of these fringe sites that, uh, you know, commandeer stuff and then put it under their own guises. Oh, yeah. And and you see headlines such as, Mike Tomlin talked about four guys today. Like, well, it's because he was asked That's, about Those them. are the four, you know, the four guys four he was asked, asked about. One of you guys asked him. About he doesn't it, yeah. take the podium and say, here's the guys I want to highlight. <laughs> right. right. Switzer's one player. of my
1: four. He
0: right. doesn't do that ever. In fact, it's almost like right. dentistry a lot of times where you're pulling teeth the entire time through the interview to get him to talk about, hey, uh, Mike, what's going on with David DiCastro? Oh, after he goes through the injury report. Oh, yeah, he, he was out today. Like, your Pro Bowl guard was out today. You didn't want to mention that when you were talking about the injured guys? So he doesn't volunteer. These are my four guys. Typically I feel like that, not. Right? No, that's not how that no. works. Um, and when Dale says
2: typically, he means like every day of never, ever, his ever. life as
0: head coach of the Steelers. I mean, I that's know. the one thing that Bill Cower, God bless him, would do religiously at the start of every scared. one of oh. those things, he would just read down the laundry list of injuries. You didn't have to ask him you. anything about in Like, he gave right it to you right up front. front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It didn't
2: matter if it was 19 guys on it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are reading that <laughs> up, right? I mean, that's what you want. Oh, well, it, it saves your the, questions. It yeah, housekeeping right, right, exactly. out of right, the way. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it's the stuff that, that fills up your practice report. But Coward would go down the line, name of the guy, Malady, yeah. and whether or not he was day to day. Jerry Olslavsky's got or, a vowel. No, yeah. Mike
0: Tomaszak's got an arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who else would he mispronounce?
2: <laughs> That's great. Uh, I, I missed that part of the Bill Cower era. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, is Switzer going to have a role? I'll tell you what, uh, Matt. You know, uh, we have mentioned because it's been on the report that James Washington has not participated yet in a full capacity, and you know somebody else has to and. Uh, when Mike Tomlin was asked about Ryan Switzer today, uh, he talked about how the guy has a knack for the slot. And uh, Tomlin mentioned uh, what he had seen even back in Switzer's North Carolina days, which, uh, I, you know, Ryan Switzer has tweeted about that from time to time. I was this and that back with the Tar Heels. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he is uh, participating, and he has found the end zone two days in a row. And I don't know what to make of that. Uh, when you ask the question, does Switzer have a role? Uh, I guess that depends if the Steelers are setting the final roster or if you're asking me.
1: Right. I think I'm in your corner, just my hunch. Because
2: and... <laughs> on my team, the only role he has has butter and uh, poppy seeds on it.
1: Um... You know what, though? More, I'm, not, I'm, I'm with not you. I'm not ruling him out.
2: I'm not ruling him out. But he yeah. might be the
1: ideal veteran practice squad COVID insurance guy. But pre-COVID, I wanted him not on my role. No role at all. Yeah. I I'm I'm with you, but you know
2: the other thing you got to factor in is I, I think uh, the quarterback thinks highly of him. But yeah. Not
0: only that, but he's actually your backup punt return guy too. Because if he's right. if if something happens with Deontay Johnson, who's returning the punts? Off of the I don't know. Roster? Is there another
2: guy that can catch the ball and fall down immediately? Sutton I don't think there it. is. Sutton That's did the problem. it to Tennessee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sutton did it at Tennessee, but, but Mike, Tallman, Mike Tallman Mike doesn't like to use defensive players as right. as, as return guys. Um, you but know, I wouldn't have him active on game day for that reason. No, he's not going to be. No. I wouldn't know that he's necessarily active on game day. But you know they're going to keep six wide receivers. They just always do. And, and Switzer maybe... isn't going to play special teams for you unless he is returning no, the fair. football. But um, Roethlisberger seems to love the guy. Can Holton return? Holton's Punts? not here anymore. Oh, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, yeah. 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 Know I that. mean. Um, you know they did some some return stuff yesterday, and it was essentially Switzer Johnson and some defensive back I'd never heard of. Hmm. I wonder. I mean, small. I I'm sh- trying to
1: think if Smallwood could or maybe not. Smallwood's return kicks. I, I know really they return yeah. punts. Same yeah. with White. I should add this about
2: Ryan Switzer. I mean, I admire the guy how far he has gotten because let's face it, the NFL's a really hard league to make, and and he
0: has been especially in it. When, when you're not- that size. Yeah.
2: He's not a guy. I know he got all pumped up in the offseason and he was uh, social media, you know, he's got a phenomenal build now. He's all, uh, how did Vince Williams describe describe it? I think he said, uh, Switz got swole. I mean, he's <laughs> he's pumped up. If I looked like him, I'd never wear a shirt. And and to be his size and, and take the pounding that he's had to take and have that kind of courage and stick-to-itiveness, uh, good for him, man. But I just don't think... Uh, he's good enough to play uh, on think. this Steeler team, and uh, I don't believe they will come to the same conclusion. But uh, we'll see. He is—he's uh, found the end zone uh, on consecutive days, according to the handy-dandy uh, pool practice report. Well, it's interesting, pool, Mike. Pod, anything is put upon. Yeah,
0: um, you know, he, he said in the offseason he wants to be as good as Wes Welker. Uh, he he wants to be that kind of guy. Well, everybody does. Yeah, right, there's a lot of know. things I want. But Welker's 5'9". I'd like nine. to be Haywood Hale Bruin. I don't think it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> right. But uh, Welker's 5'9". I mean, he was a little guy. Right. Um, you know, there are – those guys do find ways to stick around. I just don't know the Switzer's that guy. And, uh, you know, that was kind of why I asked him. You brought up the social media aspect of, of this whole thing. And he's active on social media and – and people were quite active. Fans have been quite active in going after him on social media, oh, really? like, you know, you stink, you this, you that, and I'm like, man, that would get old real quick. Like, you're yeah. already fighting the odds to be in the NFL at five foot eight or whatever he is, and you know, 180 pounds. Um, you've as Mike said, you've already beaten the odds to even have a four year career in a league. Let alone, you know, but everybody's telling you how bad you are.
3: Oh you, yeah, you, you i mean, stink.
0: He's, he's playing with house money.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. well, he's got his, he's he's got
1: his uh, supporters
2: twice. too. He's got his supporters Oh, there's no too. doubt. A,
1: I mean, I. Polarizing guy. If you go after
2: him on social media, there are, people will come after you. And one other thing I want to say about him is I, I think he's a real quality individual. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the voices of sanity and reason in the immediate aftermath of the Tree of Life tragedy. Um, you know, he's got a conscience, he's got a heart. Uh, he's a good guy, but like, again, I just think he's too small and doesn't do enough with it. Um, uh, you we know, it's called good neighbors.
3: Yeah. That's He'd a, be good
2: a great to neighbor, it. but I don't know that I <laughs> yeah. want him
1: on my football team. I
2: just, I haven't seen, I, I haven't Get seen barbecue him do, with them. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah. I haven't seen him do enough of anything with the Steelers to, to make me think. Oh yeah, this guy should be doing here. He should be here. He should have a role. But uh, I, I don't know that um, he
0: has a role, but I, I tend to lean towards the fact that, that he will be on the team. He he'll be employed by the Steelers this year. But I don't, yeah. know, I don't know on every Sunday you know, if everybody's healthy, he has a role. I really hope he doesn't line up in the backfield ever again. That's a pretty bad role. Yeah. <laughs> That's not his role. That's not his role. <laughs> That's not his role. They've got other guys who are tiny and can actually run with the ball in their hands mm-hmm. who can fill that role much better.
2: Have you guys seen the movie North Dallas 40? Yes. No. Read the book, too. You know, Dale, you know the scene, they're they're in the big game and they're not playing Nick Nolte because the coach hates his guts. And then it's, it's down to uh, win or lose time in the fourth quarter and Mac Davis comes over and he's arguing with the coach on the sideline and he points at Nick Nolte sitting on the bench and then Nolte ends up in the game. I
0: I see that scenario playing out. It could happen. It could happen. I mean, he's certainly a favorite of the quarterback. I, I think, the, the you know, a lot of – Situations with the quarterback involve trusting the guy to be where he's supposed to be at. Sure. And I don't know that that was always the case with a certain former wide receiver who was here, that he necessarily always trusted that guy to be where he was supposed to be at. So it was, in that situations, Switzer gave him a security blanket. And I think Roethlisberger still appreciates that security blanket because this is a very young right. wide receiver room. And, and so... Look, I trust that guy to be where he's supposed to be at. I don't know that I can trust the rest of these guys to be where they're supposed
2: to yeah. be at. A good now, point. what he can do when he gets where he's supposed to be is, is up for debate. Limited. Right. I mean,
0: but- hey, if, you know, it's... Again, if you get your seven yards and you need eight, that's not much of a security blanket. Um, Better than them run the wrong route and you throw a pick six. That's true. There is that, (laughs) right? Yeah. So. Oh, okay. We're we're not even
1: on that, Yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) Let's see. What's the worst possible thing that
1: could happen? Okay, that
2: won't happen. Now, what's the second worst thing that could happen? (laughs) Shouldn't we be working from the top down? Like, who's going to move the chains here? Who's going to score for us? (laughs) Not, not, not I just think he, he,
0: when you see Ryan Switzer standing next to Chase Claypool, wow, that's you don't to think no, about, they right. do not look like they should be going to the same. Who you
1: picking first on room the, on, on, the recess, on a daily basis yeah, for to kickball? Or whatever, uh, yeah, right. I mean,
2: if those guys were on the team together at Notre Dame, one of them would be called Rudy.
0: Yeah, true not enough. Chase. Yeah, and it would not be Chase.
1: <laughs> would you keep both of you keep Deion Kane over Switzer? <sighs> yes, I would.
0: Yeah, I think he's got. I haven't seen.
1: I haven't seen a ton out of
2: him either. But sure, uh, I get. Uh, I always lean to the physical skill set. If you know, mm-hmm. if the other evidence is kind of equal in terms of production and all
1: that
0: stuff. But the question know, with Theon yeah. Kane then becomes: Does he play special teams at all? Probably not. Right. I, I think mean, that hurts I, him.
1: I think Claypool showing I, up hurts him a lot. Is punt returning that hard? Yes. Yes. Kick okay. returning incredibly is incredibly hard. hard. Punt returning is,
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, <it's> incredibly hard. <laughs> hey, anything, anything worth doing is.
1: <laughs> and that's actually no, the beauty, like I mean, you said, the beauty of Switzer. He's at least going to catch it. Yes, he will not yeah, put it. I don't
2: see him. I don't see him returning it a lot. So is, is it that hard if, if he's going to be there to catch the ball? Uh, you know, one of those situations where Mike Tomlin wants to play field position and he doesn't want to get a special teams penalty or or turn it over. Is it that hard to find a guy that can put his hand up and fair catch it and
1: catch the damn thing? Yeah. I think it's one of the hardest things in the game. Uh, to I know did a story
0: about. on that last year okay. uh, before in the preseason, uh, before the season started last year, and I, I actually talked to Switzer and Deontay Johnson about it and, and some other guys who had returned punts. And, you know, Switzer was telling me, that you know, that game two years ago in Cleveland in the opener when they're up there and it's you know it's raining the entire time, it's dark, it's a night game, windy, it's windy, and he's like, you know, that was the toughest game I've ever caught punts in. I'm like, really? That game? It's a September game. He goes, I'm looking up into the it's into the air. the The rain is coming down. It's on my yeah. it's on my face mask. Lights I, are in your eyes. Yeah. and
1: right. It's um, loud. And it's, yeah, windy. it's tough. Awful. It's, it's, really it's not right. easy. My former... Okay,
0: well, maybe I'm not giving him enough credit for that skill. Then maybe that's why he's still here. It, um, the podcast. Hey, we've seen plenty of guys put him on the ground. That's oh, yeah. that's, yes, we that's, have. A, that's the first thing they'll get you on the bench if you're putting them on the ground. But you could also find
1: somebody that's not currently with the team that can catch punts. I mean, it's it's hard. So it's you and I. So would it's, catch not none, back, people, it's not that hard. You can find that it's not that hard. Yeah. It, I mean, I think the it, average fan doesn't realize how difficult it is. Like we used to have kind of a bit going back and forth in the podcast I did at ESPN with Robert Flores. He's like, I'd catch two out of ten punts. I'm like, you'd catch two out of a thousand. You know, yeah. No way! Oh, I don't. No I don't way. go there. Yeah, right. right. I, I just. I think everything these guys do. It's all relative. Everything, of course, guys of course, hard. But I people mean, don't, don't this... think it's that hard of a. Sk- oh, everyone should yeah. catch a punt. I mean, that thing's flying yeah. around. Punters do tricks with the ball. Oh, especially.
0: You know. Yeah, that was the other part of what Switzer told me is like you know the, these kickers now are so good they'll so much better. They turn it over. They'll kick it left. They'll kick it right. Mm-hmm. They can. Yeah. You know they can start at one hash and kick the ball, and it, it, or... it drifts to the other hash, or they'll do the. End over end, and there's all kinds of stuff that they can do that that you have no idea, and you can't see them. You're 45
1: Until yards it's coming down, the down field. at yeah. you hard. You know, right? <laughs> so, anyway, it, yeah, it's really hard. But that's all he brings to the table. Okay, yeah. glad we cleared that right. up. Right? <laughs> <That's
0: laughs> great, we to talk about that. We're going to take a break. Uh, he is Mike Pursuta. That's Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You are listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. Our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the official radio station of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be right back after this. And we are back with the training camp report. I'm Dale Lally here with Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson. And uh, that's your third clue, folks. That is your third clue. Uh, yes, third clue. Yeah, you know,
1: I, I like that tune, but I always think about it. If I was up there singing, I think I get the E and the C mixed up a lot. R E S <laughs> P C.
0: Because
1: you can't spell yeah, right.
0: <laughs> I don't spell very well.
3: <laughs> I'm not a strong. Like speller. Uh... I'm not a strong. <laughs> you like that other. I think I'd misspell it like half the time a... on stage, especially after You'd a Toddie. You'd like that chick
2: too. singing about uh, taxidermy.
0: <laughs> a couple eight. of guys looking Instead for a little R E S P E C T. Well done, are uh, Chukwukora for and Zach Banner. Um, we've seen both guys uh, at right tackle thus far in camp, Mike. And uh, you know, I, I think um, to me. There's a lot of reasons to think the Steelers want Chooks for to win that job. Uh, he's the only one of their tackles who is under contract, only one of their tackles with any experience who's under contract after this season. Uh, they drafted him in the third round just uh, three years ago. Uh, he will be an un- a restricted free agent after this year, so they're going to have to make a decision on him there. Uh, those are three pretty big reasons why they would want him to be that guy, and I also think he's the more talented player. Yeah, and would you throw in, in a very
1: limited sample size, he has played well. Well, I agree with you, Dale. Oh, well.
0: I I mean, I think
1: (laughs) – am I out of here or what? No, you're still here. just asked you a question. You need an answer, so I filled in for you. What do you think of Chooks? Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear us? Okay, well, what I was
2: was saying was, (laughs) I I think in a very limited sample size,
0: he has played well when he's played. Right, and Mm -hmm. I think they they told us a little something last year – even if we didn't necessarily realize it at the time, when they kicked Matt Filer inside against the Rams uh, to left guard and started Chukwukaor for instead of Zach Banner, who had been active over him on game days, um, maybe that's really running a billboard saying this is going to be our offensive line next year,
3: right? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean.
0: <laughs> and then all of a sudden they kick you know, they kick Matt Filer into to, uh, left guard this year, mm-hmm. and they say, oh, it's an open open competition at right tackle, like we're supposed to forget. What we saw last year against the Rams. Don't <laughs> yeah, right, pay any right, attention right. to that. This is an open competition, mm-hmm.
1: and it wasn't like Banner wasn't active every week or right. a regular participant last year. Plus, more than ever, is this not the camp where you just decide this stuff? Right.
2: Yeah.
5: I mean, I you almost have to. We don't have time for you the.
0: You don't you have, have to, There's no game. Draft, for, it's not like right. you're you're giving one a chance to start the you know the preseason opener. And then the next guy gets a chance to start the next one, and then mm-hmm. you, you take a look at it and say, "Oh, he this guy played better." You don't have that opportunity. Let's get ready for the season. Yeah, it just is what it is, and so uh, I think uh, we keep seeing on the on the pool report uh, that we reference so often uh, things like today. Zach Banner looks light on his feet. He was even skipping during pre-stretch walk <laughs> before the <laughs> wow. stretch. Yeah. He took a yeah, few. Fr- for that. Took That's a few reps great. off the jugs machine, like. Really, he was skipping. Yeah, that's all. It did
2: not to be outdone. Chooks a core for with his short tight shorts, appears ready to play for
0: Coach Knight's 81 Hoosier. <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot. That that put a visual into on, my that head. That is
2: on the handy dandy daily practice. Report. Yes, mm, yes. Information
0: is very. You know, bad. those of us who actually wore those short tight shorts. Oh, no. I have pictures of myself in those short tight shorts, and I can tell you, don't I don't ever know, bring them in. I don't know how we got it done. And thank goodness, huh? thank goodness the Michigan Wolverines came along uh, and got rid of those short tight shorts. You have to give them credit, Mike, for at least that. I give them credit for nothing. <laughs> nothing. I have seen you wear even your Michigan State Sparty shorts that are down to your knees because of the Michigan Wolverines. They were first, huh? They were first with that.
1: Great the difference
0: is mine weren't voided <laughs> like every other accomplishment
2: of the Fraud Five. And it, the, the other bone I have to pick, since we're going to the Big Ten basketball history, if you're going to reference Coach Knight, you pick the 76 Hoosiers, don't wow, you? Not sure. but you know what? I'm, I'm I mean, an undefeated Thomas guy,
0: so I'm Aww. picking the 81 team. That's,
2: uh, undefeated in 76.
0: That's all right. No, nobody remembers who was on that team, though. No, oh, I do. Oh, you're old.
2: <laughs> Ken Benson, Scott May. Yeah, I knew Clint I, Buckner. I
1: knew that
0: too. I was three. <laughs> did
1: you I see the documentary well. they did? It
2: was unbelievably good. Well, that's a I, I camera Coach Knight it has or... to be really
0: good. Yeah. And then they had this
2: big uh, banquet at the end and they all came back, all the fat old men, and they still love Coach Knight. Well, Why wouldn't
0: they? He's great. Uh speaking of that, Matt referenced this earlier in the show, uh, or maybe this was before the show, that uh, Joe Judge making his coaches and players run laps if they make a mistake in New York. Is that a – that's a very Tom Coughlin-like move. I don't know that – It is.
1: And and I'm going to steal this from Mike Lombardi, who's close with the Patriots, obviously. I was listening to his podcast actually on the way here, and he was talking about it. And he said – and I actually heard Daniel Jeremiah talking about it as well, both saying pretty much the same thing, that, boy, I don't like this sign. It's one thing – but don't try to act like Bill. I mean, Weiss. Well, Patricia's
0: and, got in trouble a little bit trying to do that as well. Right. All these yeah.
1: guys try to act like Bill, and that works when—and this is how Lombardi said it. When the principal is in the office, you can do that in your classroom. Well, the principal's in New England, and you're in New York yeah. now. You got to be the principal. You got to set your own your own way of doing things. And I think that's a, a massive mistake that some. Fall into and not that Belichick has coaches running laps or anything, but don't try to be somebody else. I I think
0: to to reference that in a Steelers standpoint, I think that's what Bill Austin did when he came here uh, prior to Chuck Noll. He tried to be Vince Lombardi, and he wasn't Lombardi. mm -hmm. And Noll came in, and Noll had worked for Shula. Noll had worked for. Obviously, he had played Paul for Paul Brown. Brown, Paul Brown, right, Paul right. Brown and then with the Chargers, he he worked for. Uh, refresh my memory here, Mike. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Sid Gilman. Sid, Sid Gilman. Gilman. The, the I mean, three legend, game. three legendary coaches. Yeah. And he didn't try to be any one of those guys. If anybody you would think you okay, he played for Paul Brown, you'd think he'd be just like Paul Brown. Right, right. And he didn't Five, do that. Work. He set his own. He set his own way, right, right, and I think that goes a long way with the players. I think these Belichick disciples—that's their biggest mistake—is
1: I just do it like Bill did. Wow, you don't yeah. have—you know—the way I've always, uh,
2: the way I've I always referenced that uh, back to our recent theme: if you're going to act like Bob Knight, you better have the three national championships,
0: right. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you're just a jerk and they're going z- to turn you off. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, Bob Knight without the 76 uh, championship doesn't yeah. get to throw a chair across the, the floor. No, no. He, he doesn't get to do a lot of stuff. The, the remake. He had the three
2: national championships, so he did.
0: <laughs> the remake isn't always better than the original song. It is not. The remake is not always better than the original si- song. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. You, you know, heard, uh, some, people would examples. say, well, you know, Belichick is a uh, kind of a, a copy of or a Parcells facility to of Parcells to, right, right. To, a, to a certain degree. But he doesn't do everything exactly like Parcells. No, no. I mean, there's some similarities there with what they do, but um, – A lot you know. of Parcells' disciples did well, come to think
1: of it. Sean Payton and, you know. Yeah. yeah. But, hard, uh, hard to comment on those things when you're not there, but that seems like the biggest mistake Belichick disciples yeah, just be, made. I, I, right. I think
0: players recognize really early on – You know what other mistake yourself. they make? What's that?
1: Those
2: Belichick disciples, you know what, you know what their biggest mistake is?
0: They don't bring Tom Brady with them. Thought something like that was coming. It's useful. It's quite useful. <laughs> Bruce Arians will probably find that out this year. That it's quite useful to have Tom Brady on you your side. You become a better coach with Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Look out look at that guy. Arians. Boy, can he coach. Arians is now <laughs> going to get credit for you know working. Well, you know he worked with Peyton Manning at one point in his career, and you know now he in, and what Andrew Luck, and now he's working with Tom Brady. Just. He's a quarterback guru. He's a guru. Yeah, you left one and Ben and Locking, right? And ben, yeah. I mean, he's he's you know been Carson for, Palmer worked with all these guys. You know, at some point. a lot of them were good before he arrived. Yeah, that's that's the thing that <laughs> gets overlooked in that at, right. situation. That uh, yeah, some of these guys were you know they were already who they were before he got there. Yeah, but uh, certainly um, the
2: Steelers. You know what looked, he was really oh, good at that too. Was uh, Scotty Bowman in hockey? He, he, he won a whole bunch there. of Stanley Spots, Cups. Yeah. With Montreal and Pittsburgh and
0: Detroit. Really never won anything in Buffalo. <laughs> People forget that he was in Buffalo, uh, including yeah. Scotty. Uh, but Wasn't
1: there long. <laughs> the three of us might win a couple games with Lemieux and that crew.
2: Yeah, those Canadians teams that he had, they were pretty good. Yeah,
0: But the Steelers open up with the Giants this year. I'm, I'm just wondering if that's going to have some kind of you know, effect on this. Maybe the, the troops might be in revolt early on. Uh, we'll see. I mean, they've already have their own share of issues. I mean, Nate Solder opts out before. A lot they, of change going on. Yeah, a lot of change going on there with Judge coming in. Uh, they just signed a kicker today. I mm-hmm. would assume he'll be their kicker in the opener. Um, you know, he won't be able to practice with them for a few days, to, uh, you know, until they get him acclimated. Uh, that could be the perfect team for the Steelers to open with. I mean, unless you're going to open with Jacksonville or something like that. Sure, they'd be high on the list. But certainly I think the Giants are a team that you want to play early in the year while they're still trying to figure out exactly what the heck is going on there and why they're running all these laps. Right, two weeks before you're starting the game. <laughs> you know, that's. Uh,
2: I heard uh, words to the effect, I'm going to try to paraphrase the coach. He was talking about the physicality that they're trying to create, and he said... Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't coming to give us a group hug or something along those lines. So he's, he's, he's trying to he's trying to put the fear of God in him a little bit. It sounds like,
0: and he should. I, I think uh, you know when we talked to Tua today, he he was asked why he thinks this might be a good defense. He's like, "Hey, we're we got everybody back. We're going to hit the ground running with this defense." And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think they they will be able to throw things at Daniel Jones in that opener that a lot of other teams would not have been able to do. Given the and new faces on their defense. Yeah, just yeah. talking about the
1: schedule, I mean, Jones has some ability, but his – for the pass rush is some of the worst I've ever seen. And yeah, we've talked about Oblivious. this. Who's,
0: who's their opening month of the season is, is...
1: Oblivious. It's Steelers, Niners, Bears, Aaron Donald.
0: Yeah. How about wow. that? How about that to open the season oh for the Giants <laughs> with yeah. two new tackles and not a Steelers good line to begin Niners
1: with. Bears. Oh my. oh, my. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. And 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 Aaron Bill. Donald. I right. <laughs> not think he just said Aaron Donald. Not name the
2: team. Like, just that guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. see bring like, anybody with him? doesn't matter. Night, Mike,
0: did you watch him last <laughs> they could night? Try, they could use all the other 10 guys to try to block him, and it's not going to matter. <laughs> right. He was pretty beastly. He just on. run them like the gauntlet, just <laughs> throwing guys aside
1: like, <laughs> on his way to Daniel Jones to force a fumble. And really, Denver's not much better. I mean, I think, I don't know, and Locke doesn't have nearly as bad a pocket presence and doesn't hold the ball and hold the ball. But their tackles are abysmal Awful. too. Speaking of holding, right, right. I mean, at least Munch will know these guys a little bit what they're facing. But that's a great t- first two teams to play for this defense.
0: Yeah, I think it gives them a, a definite chance to uh, hit the ground running here. And you know, I, I think the Giants' defense is not particularly daunting as well no. uh, for Roethlisberger to kind of get his feet under him. Um, you know, I think their top two corners already out, uh, or two of their top three, I should say. Yeah, and, and Bradbury's new. And Bradbury's brand new. I mean, this is – they could not script this any better for Roethlisberger's return. Oh, and by the way, a Monday night game in the Big National Apple. National audience, yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah. that's uh, – Like that. Uh, maybe with no fans.
0: Well, well there won't be any still, fans, it's, yeah.
2: It's still Monday night. And, right. Uh, it, this it's traditionally a good spot for the Steelers, and I think this year in particular, yeah. That's it. Got it you know it's good that they can get off to a good start because I, I don't think Baltimore's gonna lose too many games nope. and, no, no, no. Uh, you know if you, if you're thinking about playoff positioning and that it's not one of those years where you could uh Easier you know, way go into two it. and three yeah. go two and three and then get on a run and and take care of business and you're fine I mean if you want to do you want to avoid uh, uh make the road as
1: easy as you possibly can you know don't, stack them and rack yeah. them right Right from the get go. Don't warm that's up. That's a to good it. point because some of these teams that have a lot of change, you know, maybe the Bucks, for example, they may put it together come Halloween. You know, I mean, some of these teams, the first month might not be a reflection of what they really are. I mean, maybe the Browns put it together late. I mean, but I, I bet some of the teams that have a lot more change than the Steelers are not going to get out to hot start. So getting out to a hot start could really be beneficial.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I expect to happen. But uh, Mike, that's going to do it for your time here with us. It is up. We will talk to you again tomorrow. He is Mike Pursuta of the uh, DVE Morning Show and uh, Steelers Nation Radio, uh, Steelers Radio Network, all that good stuff that Mike does. You can check him out uh, daily on uh, Steelers.com. Not tomorrow because there's no practice. No, right. uh, But you can check him and Missy Matthews out giving you uh, breakdowns of uh, what's happening at practice on a daily basis on Steelers.com. I'm Dale Lally. He's Matt Williamson. You're listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We let Mike Pursuit go after the first hour. This is the training camp report on Steelers Nation Radio and some uh, news and notes from around okay. the league. Uh, Brashad Breeland, uh, the cornerback Ooh. for the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, said today he has been suspended for the first four games of the season for an incident that occurred last year, I think, involving some alcohol and marijuana, yeah. a traffic stop, and... That's not? good, Yeah, yeah not, not a good combo. But they they got some issues in their secondary. They do. I mean,
1: you were saying Thornhill's back, so I think their safety situation. He's back okay. well, but he's doing Something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I but, don't
0: know if he's going to be ready for the start of the season. Maybe not. I mean, he and tore and
1: his Matthew's versatility important. Yeah. You know, he can play the slot and whatnot. But their outside corners in Kansas City right now are really. Below average, or maybe the worst in the league. Yeah, to be if very honest,
0: with I with. think when they're playing early in the season, the idea for them is going to be for the offense to go out and score fifty.
1: Oh yeah, and you maybe know, get an interception and, and give and, up, right. and give up forty and win the game fifty to forty. I think you're right. I mean, if they win the turnover battle, they'll be in really, really hard to beat. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, that's a tough recipe. They're going to be in a lot of shootouts. Right. There's going to be yeah. a lot of shootouts. They yeah. Start everyone in the Kansas City games. And for play
0: your overs in the Kansas City game. You not, yeah, probably would anyways, but Right? my goodness. They're going to be high. They're going to be high. Uh, no doubt about that. Yeah, that corner situation is not good. Uh, Dalvin Cook and uh, the Minnesota Vikings have broken off contract extension talks. We talked about that earlier on yeah. the show, The Drive. Um, this could have ramifications beyond Minnesota. Um, uh, right. It could affect did, Connor and yeah.
1: many racks
0: Yeah, lots of uh, running backs, uh, potential free agents in this offseason. And if uh, Dalvin Cook is one of those, he will be a hot commodity, I would think.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I have no inside knowledge of it. It's just kind of a hunch. But I wonder if the Vikes, with where they're at, are maybe not super excited to make him uh, a a highly paid running back. I mean, he's had a lot of injuries at both levels, college and pro. Madison isn't so bad. I mean, if you could give that money to – a guard and another receiver, might you be better off? You know what I mean? Well, like, just
0: to try to keep your own. I mean, you had to yeah. let Everson Griffin go this year. You know, you got it's been the, tough off you get the safety the that you got to try to. Re-up. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He's up this, after, this year, too. So uh,
1: I don't know that he'd be my top priority. Maybe I would just be like, okay, we're going to run you in the ground and let's revisit this. And it might make you mad, but we can always slap the franchise tag on you after
0: the year, too. This is an interesting one. Um... During a conference call with reporters today, NFL Vice President of Football Operations Troy Vincent said New Orleans Saints coach Sean Payton, who's part of the competition committee, right. along with Mike Tomlin, suggested instituting a postseason bubble uh, during that competition committee call. Yeah, it doesn't sound horrible to me. Yeah, I, I don't the, – the, the NFL couldn't do that for the regular season because of the number of teams and games that you're playing. Yeah, sure. just logistically it would be a nightmare, and you can't tell these players that, hey, we're going to put you in a bubble for six months. Four months, six months. <laughs>
1: yeah, right, right.
0: Um, but you could tell seven – or 14 teams, uh, seven in each conference, hey, we're going to put you in a bubble for up to a month. hmm
1: and, and we maybe, were kicking it around off the air, you mentioned that.
0: And, you know, what if all the AFC teams went
1: to Indianapolis or – they all went to Orlando after the NBA moves out, and we'll use your those fields down there and whatnot. I mean, I don't think it's the worst idea. Uh, I just thought of it right now, though. Would you go week seventeen,
0: week off, and then go? Potentially, Maybe you would, I think, I think would potentially, fine. yeah. I think you would do that. Give yourself a week to make sure nobody's testing positive. Everybody's mm-hmm. clear and then and that all those teams get extra practice week and yeah. you get healthier too you know i mean because the other part of that equation with you know right now you have the week between the super uh, the the conference championship games and the super bowl uh-huh. well if you put that you built that week in at the end of the season where everybody's going into the bubble yeah i think that's you fine. just go straight from the from the conference championship games into the super bowl
1: not to mention if you're all playing on neutral fields anyway it's not like we're worried about going to Green Bay for the NFC Championship game, and it's going to be minus forty.
0: My question would be: You mentioned Indianapolis. What if the Colts are in the playoffs? Well, if there's no fans, true, but you're still using your facilities. Right. You're sleeping in your own bed while everybody maybe else. Maybe you don't let, them. or maybe you don't let them. Yeah, maybe so you I don't think them you'd to let them. You'd treat them like and, everybody and else. And that would be one city that you could do that in because there's enough. Yeah, there's a lot of hotel rooms and those kind of things. It's to, easy to get around and yeah. right.
1: Yeah, it makes some sense to me. I don't think it's the worst idea what ever. What would be
0: the NFC site?
1: New Orleans? Atlanta? Yeah, I was thinking Atlanta. Somewhere the dome. Yeah. Because, you know, Wes mentioned it too. He's like, well, you, you can't just Zamboni the ice or use the same basketball court over and over. Right. So I think you'd have to be a dome or at least field turf outside in a really
0: warm spot. Yeah, and even feel uh, I, I guess field turf would work. But, you know, if you're outside, uh, you, you're still open up to the elements. True. Um, you know, if it, a rainstorm comes through mm-hmm. or, you, you know, eat, we've seen – um, you know, places like Jacksonville get snow. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Or c- Certainly seen Dallas get snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think a dome. You're probably right. Is yeah. safer. But Dallas would be a, certainly be a possibility for that. Yeah, playing even mentioned Houston there. too. Houston's got a you know dome situation. So yeah, lots of places that you could do that with the in the NFC. The NFC more of a dome, domy type. Mm-hmm. How about Arizona?
1: Yeah, I don't. Know. I, I know the cities real well how they're all laid out and able to equip for that. But
0: Arizona's. somewhere warm arizona's got plenty of hotel space Mm -hmm. um the stadium is essentially nowhere near town Uh, it's it's way outside of the city it's essentially like having the the stadium would be if it were pittsburgh the stadium would be at the airport okay i mean it'd just be hard for practice every day and things right yeah that That would be the one flying the ointment Uh, you would need perhaps some college fields or something close something along those lines but I mean, it doesn't Again, sound like the most ta- outlandish you're idea. You're talking ever. about 70, so you need you know essentially need seven sites where you could hold practices.
1: Yeah, that's why I was thinking like Orlando. They have those huge, you know,
0: Orlando it, would work because you do have the Disney complex. There. That's what I mean. All, all, would, the all the Disney stuff. Put all the fields. teams there. That would be a, that would be a problem with Indianapolis, for example. That they'd, they'd all be fighting for practice time. They'd all be, all that, yeah. Right, because there are there aren't a lot of college football programs that are close by. Yeah.
1: Maybe um, the AFC and the NFC each need two, and they're like two different brackets. I don't know. I mean, I'm a spitball and totally people a smarter right, than us right, to figure right.
0: it out. But that does make sense. Again, if you're asking those teams, hey, we're not going to ask you to be in a bubble for six months. That's not mm-hmm. realistic. But if you tell those 14 playoff teams, hey, we're going to put you in the bubble for as long as a month. And if you get eliminated, you go home. Yeah, you get eliminated. You're gonna you're gonna go home. Mm-hmm. So some of that stuff would take care of itself with the field practice time. Right, would take care half of half those it. teams would yeah. disappear. And maybe the the teams who are in the conference or who had the number one seed, you just tell them, hey, you're not going to get practice time per se this week. Well, maybe they show up a week late. Or you yeah you show you stay at your home facility, mm-hmm. you practice, there, practice, you're in the there. bubble. Right. We'll yeah. get rid of half these teams. You yeah. show up
1: and take their spot. Something like that. I mean, I guess it's not going to matter no matter how you do it. That one seed now that there's seven playoff teams probably isn't going to get a great home field advantage this Anyways, year right. anyway. Yeah, I know. mean the
0: Chiefs are talking about having 22,000 fans for their opener. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 22,000 screaming Chiefs fans. Still right. Uh, You'd
1: rather stay home, and that's great. But all things considered, if that's one thing the NFL has to give up, is their top seed doesn't get that you know luxury. So be it this year. Yeah,
0: I, and I think that's fair. Uh, it, uh obviously it. It makes sure, like Philip Rivers, uh, during a conference call uh, last month, asked the question: What happens uh, if a player tests positive during Super Bowl week? Mm -hmm. Well, you're going to, if you get these guys in a bubble, they're not changing. I mean, they're probably not going to test positive for anything if you got them in a
1: bubble. True. I mean, we're we're not seeing any cases in the NHL, and and Super
0: Bowl week is not going to look like Super Bowl week.
1: No, it's not going to be Maxim parties and you know. It's not
0: going to be that. It's not going to be five thousand media people there and you can walk up and in your face all the and, players right. are sitting in a room and you walk in and you can talk right. go around and talk to whoever you want. I, I there's no expectation for that to happen. This Super Bowl Media
1: Day is not going to be. There any. will be no or, media be day this nothing year. Period. Yeah.
0: Right. Um, I you know I don't even know what they'll do with media at this year's Super Bowl. But you guys can be invited. I mean, I would I would assume that you know if you're the people who cover those teams, yes, in sure. s- some certain major, you know, or s- some of the bigger outlets. Yeah, but I mean, Adam Schefter will be there. But I don't even you know. He goes to the regular I play, Maybe so I don't mean, know. Yeah. I'm just trying to, yeah. You're, I mean, you're a good point. But, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've covered two of the last three Super Bowls, even though the Steelers haven't been involved, and there's a lot of media there.
1: People I mean, like you for those Super Bowls probably wouldn't be there. I don't Unless know, your team was. Yeah, I don't reiterated. know.
0: Who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, again, it, it depends on a lot of different things there. How, we may have a cure by then or yeah. you know if there's no fans in the stadium, mm-hmm. why can't they
1: space you the guys? Press all the press box could be the whole stadium. For, could be the you know? right. I mean you get section twenty eight, you get <laughs> section forty two, right, or sit there with your you laptop know, and I can't
0: imagine. You know, I think I did see something earlier or last week that the league is is planning on having fans in the stadium for the Super Bowl. Really? I mean, that's Where's a, it at this year? I that's don't a even big know. ticket. Uh, this year... Um, eh, don't look it up if you don't have to. I, I want to say good. it's... Let's
1: see. It was Miami last Probably year. Probably some team that was good that had a chance to go. Here we are. Uh,
0: I'm looking it up here. Uh, uh, Raymond Tampa, James, I think. Raymond James Stadium. I think it's man. Tampa. Yeah, Raymond I'm James Stadium. I'm as fast Stadium. as Google. You are? <laughs> <laughs> the Google machine. Uh, but yeah, so Raymond James Stadium in Tampa... Um, Obviously, you know, they. Tampa's a, a, Tampa could be a site for you just keep the NFC teams, put put the whole thing in Tampa for mm-hmm. the NFC and just you say just, you're here. You guys
1: just stay here until the Super Bowl's over, and every week we'll send half of you home. Yeah.
0: Does that give the NFC an unfair advantage?
1: Maybe slightly. I don't know. I, I think of Tampa, and I think of Beaches, and I think of COVID. <laughs>
0: it probably isn't true
1: at Raymond James Stadium and in the hotels, though. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's an inter- interesting uh, thing that uh, that's, that's brought up, and I and I think it would work. Um, we'll just see if uh, that's something that the league, uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll keep keep an eye on that and make sure. uh they we'll do it, I hope we get an time. invite. I'd love to go. Super Bowl or just the bubble? The bubble. You want to hang out in the bubble?
1: Yeah. Okay. The whole world will be there. I mean, uh, kind of like the – I mean, I don't think we'll be Hodnob like, the combine. Well, I so. mean,
0: I would be there if the Steelers are there, I'm, I'm sure. I would sure' sure,
1: yeah. Uh, but – Maybe it'd be broadcasting.
0: From I there. don't know that I'd want to go spend the entire month in the bubble if the Steelers if aren't just there. Stuck in your hotel room. That would not no. be a lot of fun. No, that's not so no. great. Not so great at all. But uh, yeah, just hmm. uh, um, not a bad idea though. Yeah, something to keep an eye on, and uh, we'll, we'll continue to keep you updated on that as we see other things happen with that. But uh, I like the idea. I Sean do? Payton coming up with that. Maybe I'll ask Mike Tomlin about that. Uh, we get a chance to talk to him again on Friday.
1: Saints have been very bubble oriented, haven't they? Didn't they? Weren't thought they were, well, like, a hotel. Peyton
0: had COVID, so. I think yeah, true. Yeah, a it's a bit. fun
1: time. We could
0: go there. Find something to do in New Orleans for a month. I don't know if you could stay COVID-free, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd
1: go home.
3: yeah. He'd
0: home. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lolly. You're listening yeah, right. to the, the uh, Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to hear a couple of the uh, the interviews that were done today with Steelers players. We'll get to those right after this on the Training Camp Report. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson. If you haven't figured out the uh, the theme of the the music the themes, bumper right. music today, it is uh, remakes that were well, at least one remakes that West thinks were better than the originals. <laughs> right,
1: right. I don't have any arguments with the ones we've, we heard for sure. I made a little uh, inference a couple steps ago too. You know, the, trying to give you guys some clues. A couple people on Twitter guessed and didn't have it right.
0: We're always looking for clues. We're always looking for clues when we're watching practice. And one of the guys that we've uh, had quite a few clues about that mm, looks like he might make this team, even though a lot of fans Maybe. don't want it to happen, would be Ryan Switzer. Uh, Steelers training camp media availabilities are presented by your Steelers, your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, we talked to a Ryan Switzer today after practice. Uh, let's hear what Ryan Switzer had to say. Well, Ryan, I didn't know this was going to be the first question out of the shoot, but... I. I... I did want to ask you, I was curious, I, I, I we all on here know what social media can be a kind of a cesspool uh, of just negativity. Uh, I'm just wondering how you uh, view that in terms of, I, I see a lot of the stuff going on on social media, people coming after you, that kind of stuff. You also get some praise as well, but how do you keep a positive attitude when, when, when people are getting negative with you in those kind of situations?
6: Uh, I'm blessed, man. I don't know. I just uh, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm comfortable with with who I am as a person. Yeah, there's a lot of negativity. Um, but if you if you live for someone's uh, approval, you'll die for their criticism. So good or bad, you can't listen to it, man. It comes with the territory. and You just got to push forward.
4: righty, right. Let's go on to Brooke Pryor. Brooke, go ahead.
5: He is what it looked like over the summer uh, and throughout the offseason. You were with uh, Ben quite a bit during his rehab and seeing him kind of work his way back. When we talked to Vance yesterday, he said that he could see in some of those off season workouts just this hunger that was different from Ben. I was curious, what did you see out of him the whole time? Vance said he saw him push his arm maybe more than, than he expected just to show that that he could do it to himself. What were you seeing?
6: Yeah, so the first, you know, the first couple off seasons with, with seven, you realize that he likes to take that time um, to spend with his family and to give his arm a break because of how much, um, you know, how much he throws throughout the year. Um, obviously, missing last year and, and having the surgery was a different type of off season for him. Um, knowing him like I do off the field, uh, it was it was a really neat process to be involved with to be honest with you, and I'm talking about his rehab process. Um, it was inspiring to see someone uh, with his credentials, with his um, success, push forward like he did. Um, you know, I think I've said it in the past, you know, it it would have been really easy for um, someone who has it all, who has the, the, the trophies, the money, everything, um, to uh, take a back seat and let uh, something like that Uh, beat him but he didn't and uh, I was fortunate enough to be you know with him throughout his rehab process and um, see how hungry he was see how um, detail oriented he was to see how focused he was it was just something really unique to be a part of and like I said I was fortunate that that he allowed me to be so close and um, it's good to get back out on the field with him I tell you it really it's really good to be back out there with him
4: all righty let's go to uh, Joe Rudder Joe go ahead
6: Hey, Ryan, uh, can you t- kind of take us through
4: the catch you had there in the two-minute drill near the sideline? And is that kind of kind of example of what you can bring to this offense?
6: Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you know, in, in my mind, there's, there's, there's no limit on what I believe that I, I can bring to this offense. And, um, you know, I pushed myself really hard this offseason because I believe I can help this team win a championship. And, uh, you know, I, I – uh, I got to prove seven, right. I got to prove a lot of people, right. You know, that's what I've been focused on. I haven't focused on the people that, you know, I'm trying to prove wrong. I'm trying to prove, you know, coach Tomlin and uh, Mr. Colbert and Mr. Rooney. I'm trying to prove all the people that believe in me. Right. So um, seven being one of them, you trust me in those situations. Uh, I was fortunate enough uh, to be out there with the ones and and get those reps, which I never take for granted. So uh, I'm excited to see what this year uh, holds for me individually. Um, I believe that I'm really optimistic for myself and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, it pans out that way.
4: Thanks, Joe. We'll move on to Mark Caboli of the athletic Mark. Go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Um, I guess, uh, your observation on, uh, Roth Ben's, uh, accuracy today,
6: yesterday, I guess, especially today, has it been different? It seemed like he was on point today. Uh, he was he was slinging it today and I tell you where you can really see it is you can really see it in, in film when you're watching it is you get to see a uh, uh, couple different angles of the ball and the velocity and you see things on the field and you're like hmm and then you go and watch it on the film and it just validates that yeah that was a that was a ball um, he's been throwing it really well man um, he's been throwing it consistently on back to back to back days Um you know, I'm like I said earlier. I'm I'm so excited to be out there with him again, and uh, it's good to have him back. And uh, you know, hopefully, as the training camp progresses, progresses, and as the receivers as we continue to get our legs up under us, and we continue to get that timing back with seven and uh, seven and eighteen, continue to work together because they they've still got so much chemistry that they can build upon. Um, you know, we just continue to keep trending upward and um you know we'll see where we're at come mid-september all righty we got time for two more we'll go to noah Strachbean of sports illustrated noah go ahead hey ryan um a couple of pictures that you posted over the off-season kind of show that you know you got bigger but also you know you look a little uh more shredded i guess the word would be um you know did you do anything different to to kind of get in the shape that you're in yeah, so I, you know, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm bigger, I'm bigger, stronger, faster, all those things. But I'm about six pounds lighter than I was coming into last year. Um, I, I spent a lot, you know, I we, my wife and I hired a chef. Uh, not that I uh, hadn't always focused on nutrition, but I really intently focused on what I was putting into my body, what times I was putting what time I was putting certain foods into my body. Um, and you know, like Coach Tomlin always says, he really harped on it this year, especially. Because of the lack of the off offseason, uh, physical condition conditioning supersedes or uh, proceeds anything that we do, right? So, uh, um, you know, I'm not going to go into my full training training detail, but uh, I feel as prepared as ever. Uh, I'm 25 years old, in the best shape of my life, um, and now it's up to me to to put it to use, right? Because all that training uh, can, can go by the wayside if you don't go out there and perform. But I feel like I'm in a good spot. Um, between my physical conditioning, uh, my, my experience, my growth as a receiver uh, to kind of mesh those two together and really put together a good year for myself. All righty, last one. We'll go to Brian Backo. Brian, go ahead.
0: Hey, Ryan. Just a few minutes ago, you are talking about how you, uh, you, you need to prove Ben right and the belief that he has in you. For as much as you've uh, talked with him, talked ball with him, uh, him telling you what he wants to see, out of you. Um, how much input does he have on, on the receivers specifically who end up making, uh, this roster? And I, and I guess for you, um, how nice is it to know that that is one of the maybe positives working in your factor is, is that rapport with Ben?
6: You know, well, I think it's always important, man, in any walk of life to have people that are in your corner, uh, to have people that believe in you and and football and, and this industry is no different. Um, I'm fortunate to have a quarterback who who understands my skill set and my ability and what I'm capable uh, of doing. Um, I don't know, per se, what say he does or doesn't have in terms of roster spots or this and that. I don't really concern myself with that. Uh, I try to go out there uh, and take advantage of each rep that I get with him um, because he's done pretty much everything you can do as a professional football player. He's seen pretty much everything you can do. He's played with every type of receiver. Uh, So I trust his opinion. Um, I trust what he has to say. If he says something's not right or he says something can be better, 99.9% of the time something's not right and something can be better. So, um, you know, I'm fortunate to play with him, man. And I know know he's someone that's in my corner. When I say prove him right, I just – I, I, I mean, I mean literally that I try to prove him, uh, right. Because I know he believes in me and, uh, it's nice to have someone in your corner. It's nice to have your quarterback in your corner and, uh, you know, but as as far as all the other stuff goes, man, I don't really concern myself with that. I don't know, you know, so, uh, not really up to me.
0: That was Steelers wide receiver, Ryan Switzer talking to the media today after practice, uh, Mm -hmm. We could talk about him with Mike too. Yeah, I mean, we talked a lot about that interview, and and, uh, I think uh, Switzer himself as well. Um, You know, as I I mentioned, I did ask him about his social media uh, (laughs) problems and the the cesspool that that can be. But uh, he's he's taking it all in stride, and sometimes he dishes as much as he gets. Does he? I don't stay involved in that,
1: but I certainly wouldn't if I were in his shoes or be involved one bit. I would totally ignore it if I were him. But who knows?
0: Yeah, it's it's I mean sometimes the stuff that he does respond to is often like other like people in the media who try to go after him on really? stuff. It's just some of the radio talk show hosts in this city are morons. But, uh, well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they work for the other station though, so. Anyways, uh we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh when we return, we're going to hear from, well, one of his position coaches. Um Hear from him right after this. are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I referenced to Matt in the previous segment we would hear from one of the Steeler position coaches. Right. Actually, I should have said we'll hear from one of the Steelers coordinators mm-hmm. because Danny Smith is a special teams coordinator. Uh, he talked with us today about a lot of different things. We talked about this stuff earlier in the show, but uh, he's, he's always He's always entertaining. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's he a really energy. is. Uh, yeah. He doesn't necessarily love to do these things, but then you get him going <laughs> on a subject and he loosens Starts up. Starts rolling bit. a little bit. Yeah, so let's dig in. Let's hear what uh, Danny Smith had to say.
4: Okay, guys, we're going to go ahead with uh, Danny Smith at this point in time. Uh, we're just going to open it up for questions. The first one is going to come from Brooke Pryor from ESPN. Go ahead, Brooke.
5: Hey, Danny. Uh, When we talked to Mike Tomlin the other day, he just talked about the importance of getting rookies, these reps and special teams and how much more difficult it can be without preseason games, trying to figure out, you know, their spacing and all the things that you learn in game. What are you doing to try to, to get them to have those real life pressure situations when you don't have preseason? Uh, Brooke, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, the good part about it to begin with is we're all in the same boat. That's what makes our league so special. You know, 32 teams are under the same umbrella doing the same things, got the same issues at this point, And, uh, we're hoping we can do it better. The thing specifically that we're doing to, to get that done, um, we try to simulate as many game like situations, you know, it's just a matter of getting on and off the field. Uh, You know, you know where an offense is on the field, and us getting a punt team out there. Where an offense is on the field, and us getting a field goal team out there. Where the defense is on the field, and we're getting a punt return team out there. So we're practicing those things on a daily basis to simulate those game situations in order for them to
4: get ready. Okay. Next question is from Joe Rudder from the Trib. Joe, go ahead.
5: Danny, um, you you
0: lost a lot of you know some of your core special teams guys last year. And without the preseason games, how do you find, you know, the guys that can replace them?
5: You know, Joe. It, it, again, it, it's a hard detail, but it's a fair detail because we're all in the same boat. And again, just you know, in practice with drill work, uh, with full speed reps as best we can get them, uh, as live as we can get them without beating guys up and and uh, you know getting guys hurt and things like that. Um, you know, everybody loses people and. In, in, it's my job to fill in those spots, and, and we have a good football team. We really do, and we have a good core unit here. And It's it's up to me to put that together and for them to work together and compete and communicate, and just in a daily basis, again, we try to simulate as many realistic situations as you possibly can without actual game tape. Next question, Dale
4: Lawley from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Dale, go ahead.
5: Hey, Danny. How you doing? Um, good, Dale.
0: I think and I've talked about this a little bit, but I just wondering your thoughts on this. Is there some expectation? I mean, I think everybody kind of expects September to maybe be a little more sloppy than usual, but will that really show up on special teams if you don't do some of the things that you're talking about as, as much as you'd like to, uh, you know, more holding penalties, blocks in the backs, those kind of things that, that kind of get themselves
5: worked out in the preseason a little bit. It's interesting that you bring up block in the back. We had a punt return drill yesterday, and uh, this morning in my meeting with the special teams, I showed three blocks in the back. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the the return units are the most highly penalized. You know, the kickoff return and the punt return because of the space of the game and the speed of the game and the position of players. You know, against each other. So, yes, uh, I, I, in answer to your question. Uh, specifically, yes, it is something that we're detailing right now. No, I don't expect it to be sloppy, you know I mean? And, and that's the whole, you know, game of this, to, for it not to be sloppy, to get off on the right foot. Uh, and it's my job to teach those things and put them in those situations. We did it yesterday, and I showed three blocking of penalties, as I stated. We reviewed it today in a walkthrough. We're going to review it this afternoon, and we will be ready when that time comes. I, I don't expect it to be sloppy, and uh, I expect it to be on point. Okay, next
4: one is Will Graves from the Associated Press. Will, go ahead. Hey, Danny, I'm, I'm gonna preface this by saying, I understand that you're in better shape than everybody on this call, okay? So <laughs> I'm just sort of curious, there have been coaches in other leagues that are around your age that um, have opted, op, opted not to return and coach uh, during their respective seasons. A, did you ever consider that? And B, what has been the learning curve from a technology standpoint and trying to do all the stuff you had to do remotely with these guys?
5: Good questions. Uh, answer A first. It never entered my mind, man. I don't do nothing but coach football. I don't have any hobbies. I don't have nothing. And and I've been called a lot of names in this business, and house caddy never been one of them. So I'm not one to sit at home and do nothing. So, no, it ne- I never even thought about it. Nobody's ever asked me that until you did, and that's my honest answer. And the second thing is, you know, the technology, uh, I've learned a lot. And, and, and I'm going to give credit to our IT people here with the Pittsburgh Steelers. When you could teach me and get me up and running on some of the IT situations that we were put in this year, and I am functional now. I didn't say I was good. I'm very functional right now. And I give, you know, Scott Phelps and his guys all the way down the line, man, they they got me up and running. They are a special group. And and I appreciate them and can't thank them enough. And uh, it was a challenge, and it's no longer a challenge because of their time put in with me.
4: Dave. Hey. Few more questions here. Mark Caboli from the Athletic. Mark, go ahead. Hey, Danny, how you doing? Good, Mark. Hey, uh, you have a punter with 300 plus career punts and a rookie that has none. How much does a <laughs> <laughs> How much does a rookie punter have to outshine the starter for you to feel comfortable? For, you know, to possibly make a move, knowing that you know, I assume it's not an even playing field. I assume if it's you know the uh, do the same thing that you stick with the incumbent.
5: A lot. <laughs> your question, a lot. Uh and it and it's in, you know, and it and, and it's a long process too. I mean, we have time we put them in different situations and things. And I'm gonna tell you the truth that in, in leading into your question, you know, I think it's gonna happen throughout our league. You know, when we all open up and there's 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 16 games being played the first week of the NFL season, there's gonna be some guys out there on every team. And we're going to all see what they can do under pressure for the first time in this environment that we're in. We're we're all going to see it together. It's not just going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, but it's going to be included in the other 31 teams in this league. Um, So, you know, we make decisions on what we predict and what we think and what we hope and all those kind of things. When, in fact, some of those decisions be made by all these teams, we're all going to see that stuff together (laughs) on the first week of the season and as we
4: proceed through it. Two more questions. Next one is from Aditi from NFL Network. Aditi, go ahead.
5: Hey, Coach Smith. Hi, Aditi. How are you? Can you hear me? Sorry. I'm great. Thank you. Um, Derek Watt, was when we asked Mike Tomlin about him a few weeks ago, about him as a running back, he said, well, you know, he's really a special teams guy. What what makes this guy so special on teams? And when they went out and got you somebody on teams, what does that say? He's a what? <laughs> to answer your question, he's a what? His, his mom and dad ought to be writing books. We all ought to be reading it. Uh, that's the first thing. He 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 he's special. I mean, he just is. The, the his makeup is understanding of the game, his work habits, and everything. He's special. That's what makes him special. Um, I, uh, I got plans for him. He's, he's been successful in this league. We hope to continue that success, and uh, I'm so glad we got him. Okay,
4: final question. Brian Batko from the Post-Gazette. Brian, go ahead.
0: Hey, Danny. Appreciate you doing this. Um, yes, you just said you have plans for, for Derek Watt. Um, when it comes to the rookies, we've heard a lot about what Chase Claypool's doing as a receiver uh, so far in camp, but what have you seen from him? special teams-wise, from the moment you guys picked him? Uh, he said he loves doing that and, and loved doing it at, at Notre Dame.
5: Keep promoting him as a receiver so he can sneak up on some people on special teams. <laughs> I like that promotion of him on as a wide receiver. Um, he's good. He's, he, his work habits have been very good since we've gotten to know him you know, in this environment. Uh, he, we expect him to be a contributor. Guys that get picked at that spot, you expect to be contributors. Um, he's he's works very hard he does have an attention to detail that he's brought here you know, uh, with as a maturity level and i don't mean that in a negative sense i mean that in a very positive sense uh coming from college you know co- college is just different than pros and, and again i don't mean that negative it just is in every phase of the game as a receiver as a quarterback likewise on special teams so he, he's been working very hard uh, you know we're, we're trying to find the best spots to put him in in our practice settings Um, and I'm very pleased with him at this point. we got a lot of room to grow. we got a lot of room to know each other. Uh, I can't wait to see him in some critical situations and produce and, and be an effective player for the Pittsburgh Steelers to win. All right. Thank you, Danny.
0: That was Steelers special teams coordinator Danny Smith earlier today with the media. Lots of good stuff there from Danny. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: that's a wrap for us, though, huh?
0: That is a wrap for us. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow uh, as we uh, continue our scheduled. Uh, what is it thirteen hours west? Thirteen hour on eleven. eleven hour onslaught. I knew it was some kind of mm, odd number, a lot. but an eleven hour onslaught daily here, bringing you all the Steelers news and notes of the day uh, for my partner. Uh, Matt Williamson for Mike Prasuda, who joins us in the first hour, and for Wes Euler, who's here pretty much all day long as well. I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of the
3: Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio.